0: The following podcast is for entertainment purposes only. We are not anywhere near as experienced as a real financial advisor, so none of our advice should be taken as real serious financial advice. If you lose a whole lot of money, we'll laugh at you. In all seriousness, please do your due diligence before investing in any sort of financial product, and enjoy the show.
1: Welcome back to The Magnitude Podcast, the show in which we talk about stocks, politics, tech news, and really just anything we'd like to shoot the shit about. And I hope you enjoy. I'm currently signing an e-signature to start trading Bitcoin on Webull. Oh. So.
2: You're not starting up on a whatever Thames thing is called?
0: BlockFi. <laughs> BlockFi, yeah, that's it. Oh man, here I thought I'd get the referral code used.
2: <laughs> yeah, isn't there like some special deal?
1: <laughs> I haven't looked into that at all yet. I just know that Webull has it, so I'll, I'll start here, seeing what it has.
2: I mean, there is the convenience of keeping it all in one place. I used to have a uh, separate uh, Roth IRA in um, Vanguard, but and yes, the rates were slightly better and stuff, but I'd rather just have it all in Fidelity, because it's just simpler, it's easier to use.
0: Was it one of those target date retirement funds, or just like an index, or what was it?
2: I don't think it was either of those. Um, I think it was just generic, like, just start throwing money in it. I know there was, like, a limit of, like, $6,000 a year or something, which is just generic IRA thing. I
0: should start doing that, too. Get that sweet employer match.
2: If your employer offers it. That's true. Hint, hint, that's why I didn't go through my employer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what the heck is USDC?
2: Oh, uh,
0: stable coins. Basically, when you're trading cryptocurrencies, it's kind of weird to use a dollar to buy it because, like, it you have to go through like some government thing to convert it. So they basically made this equivalent cryptocurrency. You know, where one that one stable coin, right? Like one USDC or one GUSD is equivalent to one dollar, and then doing the exchanges is way easier. So, like, when you get started with it,
1: you're doing that exchange. Okay. Well, I'm bringing that up because I see on their ad for the app, the USDC has the 8.6% yeah. um interest rate. So if you just put in straight money, you get 8.6% annual um interest.
0: Wait, shit. That's genius. That's a that's an um, wait, that's an amazing savings rate. Wow.
1: Hold on, hold our hold our horses. Let's like <laughs> make sure we it's correct. No, you're
0: right. That's Why didn't I think of that? I can just convert my entire emergency fund into that and get an 8.6% interest
2: rate on it? (laughs) Is this, like, guaranteed?
1: Okay, it's saying make money on your crypto with a BlockFi interest account. There are no hidden fees, just up to 8.6% in annual returns on popular cryptocurrencies and US-backed stablecoins, including Bitcoin, you know, the other ones, and the USDC... Which is the one I was looking at. Start recurring interest the day your deposit posts to your account with compound interest paid every month.
2: Huh. That sounds too good to be true.
1: Yeah, now I want to see, like, their terms of service. <laughs>
0: uh, if I remember right, there's, um... You can only do one withdrawal per month, and... That's fine. It's not FDIC or SIFC insured. So, I think that's, like, the main problem. Though, if it is a stablecoin... There, sh- there shouldn't be a need for it, cause you're cause the coin is equivalent to a dollar. Like there's no fluctuation in the value. Well, I guess unless BlockFi loses it, in which case your
2: SOL, <laughs> then you're screwed. Yeah.
1: So we know we need to know how trustworthy BlockFi is or reliable.
2: They're definitely like regulated. Can I trust BlockFi? Google. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Such a trustworthy search. <laughs>
2: Hey, the first result is, is BlockFi safe? CoinCentral.com. Based
1: on our research and conversions, conversations, BlockFi passes the safety test. Whoa. It's about as safe as Gemini. It's primary custodian. Uh, they keep 95% of assets in cold storage and 5% in hot wallets that are insured on by Aeon. That's what I got from CoinCentral.com. Hey, insurance sounds pretty good. Yeah, I'll look more into it.
2: Yeah, I'll send you... Someone posted like a review going through all the details of all the things, and I'm not aware of a lot of the things, so it might be good if Tamor looked through it at some point, uh,
1: maybe got back to us on that. Yeah, for sure. You're saying all the things with BlockFi?
2: Uh, with, yeah, with BlockFi, and like, it, it looks like a pretty intensive review. I don't also know how good this website is at all, uh, coincentral.com, but it looks pretty reputable, and they go through a lot of details. I mean, that and whenever I want
0: to, like, get a review on how something actually is, I just add the word Reddit at the end of the Google
2: search. (laughs) I rely a lot on Reddit.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's for those niche situations. I like to go on YouTube, too, though, just to get, like, a quick explanation from an organic source.
2: Yeah, that and the visuals are always nice, then, too.
1: Yeah, it just explains it quickly. Ah, finally, Uh, I don't (laughs) have to read. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You took the words right out of my heart. Um, (laughs) That's not the reason,
2: Timor. I know how to read. Yeah, what's that letter
0: that comes after D? (laughs) Ah, you. Yeah.
2: Perfect. Right? You come after the D. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Well... (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm still drinking my first cup of coffee.
1: Alright, um, Timor, you want to send me the... (laughs) Send me your referral code?
2: Yeah, yeah, of course. Wait, Tamar, could you put that in the, like, show notes for listeners if they are interested in signing up? My referral code? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All of our, like, six bot listeners and three people. <laughs> that- <laughs> hey, I know there's at least more, th- one, more than one bot listener. Hey, that's something. Hey, I
1: know some people that listen to our our podcast or that have listened to it.
2: My mom listens to it.
1: Hey! No, she does it. The she listened one. to like
2: one episode, I think.
1: <laughs> that's that's something. Yeah,
2: that's a listener.
1: All right. Do you want to start jumping into it? Yeah. Um, what's the first thing that We should go over.
2: Wait, um, impulse buys. Impulse do you want buys. to do that real
1: quick. All right. Um, yeah. I don't have impulse buys. Do I do have an impulse transaction? I impulsively sold um, PTE uh, polarity. Either, was it yesterday? It was probably yesterday. I don't know why, but yes, Friday. <laughs> this Friday was just like a really not good Friday for any of the stocks that I keep track of, including Corsair. But I consider that like a, you know, like a sale. I'll I'll always ride or die for Corsair right now. <laughs> you mean a lie? Okay, I'm gonna tangent really quick. The reason, or a big reason, Corsair is down to where it is right now. Apparently, is because some what do you call them analyst, um, gave their opinion on the, like what Corsair's value should be at, and they were saying it should be at thirty-seven, and as soon as they posted that, it started going down, even like below for 4- thirty-seven. So
2: thirty-three right now.
1: Yeah, I think the extra down is from probably some fear, and then also. I don't know. A lot of stocks are being down right now, so I think Corsair is starting to be more in line with what other stocks or how other stocks fluctuate. Because before, as it was growing, it was just like on its own island, like nothing touched it. But back to the the impulse though, I so yeah, like everything was being going down on Friday, and I just noticed that um the P- PTE price was rubbing up against my basis position. Just because it's a penny stock and I put in a decent amount of money into it, I just didn't want to risk it going under or like, you know, just below like 50 cents or something. I would not want to like, I wouldn't want to be in that position and being above 50 cents as a basis. But if it does go below 50 cents now, I would buy back in based on my judgment on like, if it's going to turn around. That is my impulse. sell. So, how about you guys?
0: Um, I had one impulse buy, and I don't really know if it'd count as an impulse buy per se, because I was definitely planning on it for a while, when uh, C3.ai uh, finally debuted, yeah. like the IPO. Well, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step back a little bit and <laughs> really tell the story. So on the, on the IPO day, I thought, yeah, today's the day I'm going to get in on this sweet AI stock. We're going to outshine Palantir. This is going to be great. So I've load up Fidelity. I'm like, all right, it's 9.30 a.m. I search their ticker AI. Nothing comes up. I'm like, okay, well, you know, maybe it's weird. I don't know. Like American Airlines and Apple was, was showing up, but they weren't. And so, you know, I let a couple hours go by. And then I tried again. Still wasn't there. Let another few hours go by. Now it's around like, you know, 2 o'clock. And I'm like, all right, there's something up. So I jump onto YouTube and I see the C3 AI's... Um, price had jumped from 38 to like 90 and i was just sitting there like oh my god so instead of typing in their ticker i typed in their name and sure enough it showed up having traded for like four hours at that point point. and i was just sitting there like ah, all right well might as well <laughs> so i bought in like five shares at 105 and just thought all right well this had better pay off in the long run, I think it will. But at the same time, you never really feel quite as dumb as when you realize you've been the idiot the entire time. Yeah, it's
1: I've noticed. <laughs> this is something I've noticed from like IPO releases. There's usually before it actually gets released to the public, you know, there's there's the private buys will raise the opening price like by a lot, and then there's usually a. A decent dip or drop in the price after it becomes available to the public, and then once it's down for a little bit, it'll start to go back up because you know it'll be a sale if, assuming that the company is actually worth, you know, the higher value and more in the future. For C3, it didn't actually drop that much. It was like it opened at around 106, and it dropped. The lowest it dropped was like to 90, around 90. I can't get the exact numbers on this graph, but yeah, it it was down to about like 90-ish and then it jumped back up to 98 and then, you know, up from there. And that's what I see so far.
0: I definitely think there's there's much more room to run. Like if Palantir can do that well, then I guarantee C3 yeah. can do it that it's, well too.
1: The price seems above your position. It's
2: well. already yeah. at like 120.
1: Yeah. So I think you should be doing well so far if you bought in at 100.
2: Do you have a price target of mine?
0: Uh, I'm just holding for like three to six months. Cool. At that point, I can kind of, you know, make an analysis of what's going on. I should plan on buying in two more shares just so, like, I kind of do an equal thing with what I did with Unity, and then, you know, then I think I can actually make a judgment about it.
1: Okay. Um, speaking of other IPOs, so I did an impulse buy... Or I didn't buy much this week. I wasn't paying as much attention because I like I was a lot busier with work this week, but much to my chagrin, it caused me to miss out on some IP- other IPO opportunities. So I was looking at um, DoorDash and Airbnb. Um, I was wanting to keep track of them as they were going to open, but the you know, the date wasn't like officially released or and I didn't know when it was actually going to come out. But the day it did, which was Wednesday, their price pretty much like, well, one of them. Let me find out which one it was. I think it was Airbnb, but I'll confirm. But one of their prices doubled pretty much. Oh, It more than doubled right after it opened. And I find that kind of hilarious, just because like, <laughs> like if you just, like not to be salty or anything, but if you think about just like, what you miss out on sometimes, then it's just like, huh that could have been great. But yeah, it's like whatever, because, you know, it's, you know, just stuff, just weird stuff happens in stocks. And so, I mean, it could have easily have been a half of the price. So let me check Airbnb. Yeah, that looks like the one. It opened around 146. Well, this one opened around 146. It jumped to 165. And then that one went down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That one says, it says it started at 6960 and it grew 102 percent by the end of the day nice okay <laughs> perfect
0: if only you could have started at 69 69 yeah. somebody yeah. would have gotten a high five somewhere
1: it would have just like <laughs> only grown in um what's the word magnitudes of 10 so it would just be like it would grow to 690 and 60 cents
2: <laughs> oh. no it'd be 696 and 90
1: cents it'd be funny Eric, continue. Um,
2: yeah, so in terms of my impulse buy sells, uh, unfortunately nothing this week, really. Um, I am considering selling off a few things, but nothing nothing solidly yet right now. i yeah, mainly waiting to see, hoping to reach that six-month mark with everything I'm holding before I sell anything.
0: Capital gains is one year, by the way, so if you're hoping to, take advantage, Yeah, sorry I about keep that.
2: keep forgetting that it's a year, and I keep... <laughs> wanting it what's a year badly to ah. be that six months instead
0: the capital gains tax rate period you hold it for a year and then you get the rate
2: so yeah i, I won't be paid out soon then because uh my acquired shares were first on 624 and i was thinking cool i'm almost there <laughs> halfway there nope <laughs> well darn that's fine. I'll f- happily hold ICLN for longer because that's the longest stock I've had. Yeah,
1: it's it's going up strong. Or, like, not by a lot at a, like a fast rate, but it's strongly still on the uptick.
2: Well, so my current um, percent total gain is 50% with them over six months. Which is, yeah, that's... 50% gain is... And that's not even on my initial investment, yeah. that's just overall.
1: ICLN is just going to be our like constant theme and reminder of slow and steady may or may not win the race so uh we'll see
2: yeah my initial purchases are up 90 percent since i first bought in i <laughs> should have bought more than four shares that day
0: should have bought more than 10 shares in my initial purchase which is up 130 percent.
1: god damn <laughs> like
2: jeez but hey this is how you learn yeah that's one of my first ever transactions
1: me looking at my icln that's up 44 <laughs> percent at one share.
2: All right, so I know we already talked a bit about I- IPOs and the like. Um, did anyone else have any stock news that they wanted to discuss? I don't really, but I never have stock news.
1: Uh, let me just take the list that I posted in stock news. Facebook being sued by the government, the FCC, for like being monopolistic. They're being sued for um, pretty much buying out other companies to squash competition in about 48 states, apparently.
0: And apparently the FTC is recommending that Instagram and WhatsApp should be broken off from Facebook and just, you know, spun off into their own companies.
1: Wait, those are tied to Facebook? I did not realize. Yeah.
2: Instagram was Facebook.
0: Remember when Snapchat first got their uh, stories and then Instagram was all like copy, paste? Yeah, that, that was Facebook. Facebook didn't get to buy Snapchat, so they said, "All right, we'll make our own Snapchat."
1: Okay. I th- I, th- I just thought they were integrated. I didn't know they were together. It says the FTC sued them. I don't know if it that means it actually went through or not. But by the way, it sounds it sounds like it went through. But I guess so. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I'd actually get out of the Fang stocks if you're in them. Just you know, people have problems with Google. People have problems with Amazon. Like you know, very you know, real, like, legit problems with Google and Amazon, and Facebook is really not that
2: much better. Uh, Facebook's the worst, if you ask me.
1: No one, yeah, I don't, I don't really hear good things about Facebook very often, (laughs) just uh, mean things about Zuckerberg and evil conspiracies about the company in general.
0: I mostly enjoy hearing conspiracies about Zuckerberg.
1: (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah. Even what they do with like props to them for making a really good VR headset or even funding it if that's the extent of what they did. For buying yeah. a really
0: good yeah. VR headset.
1: But like it, it's just an awkward position in VR right now at least because they're they have a like one of the better like solutions for VR and there isn't anything else on the market that like does all the same features that it has but the awkward part is that you know they require the Facebook account to be the basis of it and looking at the future that's just like I don't know it feels more invasive and more like like you have to be involved with Facebook and then you know you never like you wouldn't know if like your account on Facebook is just like I don't know it just feels unnecessary like you have to give them Extra information for no reason.
2: For 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 context here, uh, it's Oculus that Facebook owns, correct? Yep. The Rift. Yeah, which is one of the best VR headsets out there. Yeah. Uh, and West. they are they require that you have a Facebook account to use it, correct?
1: Yeah, the Oculus Quest Two is the one that requires a Facebook account. That's the latest one.
2: It's an interesting issue that keeps popping up, and it's similar. I mean, I'll give um, Apple some grief here too, which is. their devices really aren't usable unless you have an account with them. And I mean, that's the same thing with, you know, Google and Android devices. And it brings in the question of, you know, hardware and software and how that integrates with having some type of an account um, and how they can have control over your account in that regard, too.
1: I feel better about Apple's, though, because it's not like a social media platform.
2: Oh, I absolutely agree with you here. Just it is definitely something that you can give equal grief to in a way if you're if you want to try to live in today's world and not have any type of accounts or anything that other companies control, it is almost impossible to have a smartphone with anything besides the default apps. Yeah. <laughs> or even use a VR headset, for goodness sakes. I mean, that that one definitely doesn't make sense because you don't need an actual account to do it. Or hell, even um, Windows. Windows requires you sign in with an account unless you have a separate license. Um,
1: you can... I'm pretty sure it gives you the option to forego putting an account on it.
2: It does, but it nags the crap out of you to sign in.
1: Oh, okay. What I was thinking of is to put a password on the account. Or, like, to turn on your computer. Okay.
2: It will. Sl- I think it nags you about that, too.
1: Yeah, th- I found the option, though, to make it not nag you about putting a password on. So I do that every time. Yeah.
2: But most people don't know. Most people aren't computer literate as much as we are.
1: What, what are you trying to brag? No, I'm kidding.
2: I, I just think that our degrees are worth at least something in this world, because apparently employers don't think they are.
1: I'd like to say so. <laughs>
2: God knows we paid enough for them. <sighs>
1: <laughs> but I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna lie or anything, because like everything that I know about computers, just like, you know, just on the like building computers level and IT resolving computers level that's just stuff i learned from using computers not from like learning about how they work in college because i mean when you with the, the same yeah with the major of computer engineering you learn about how each part works essentially but you really get down to the circuitry um and the going from you know abstract um logic into you know a physical manifestation of that abstract logic to make things actually actuate, and so
2: it—it's not focusing on what a computer is right this second in terms of using every aspect of it. It's focusing on the underlying components. Um,
0: but and I mean, to an extent, that's like probably like better for for newbies because. If you hand a newbie like a complete processor and then say, "Hey, if you zoom in with a microscope to this thing, this is how this works," and then do that like a million more times, and then ask them to put it together, (laughs) like
1: yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, Just like a friendly PSA, I guess. Um, If you're interested in like building a computer or like doing anything with like IT or anything, whatever, it's um, you can definitely um learn it just from like youtube videos and if you wanted to do that stuff or just by using the computer
2: yeah youtube is the best resource for that by far but looping back to the ftc topic i just wanted to have one more thing to say there which is that these you know in general these large tech companies facebook google amazon apple all of them it's upsetting to see the amount of money they have where they can literally just look at a small company or startup and say i want that and then they have it essentially i mean have you read any of these mergers or anything where they didn't go through because the small company didn't want to be bought up or whatever i mean it's just insane to see the level to which that these companies dominate the marketplace because they have zero to little regulation on what they can and can't monopolize as an apple fan i will admit they are just as bad as everyone else. They recently bought out a weather app that was doing great on the app store. And I mean, I'm sure, you know, the developers are um, getting compensated well and everything, but it does beg that question of, well, now we're slowly consolidating all of these tech companies into, you know, a handful of companies, which is what monopolization is. So it's just something I feel like as a society, we do need to keep an eye on. I love the technology that comes from monopolization, you know, It is nice when, you know, Apple buys up that weather app and nicely integrates it into the Apple ecosystem and makes a better app because of that, but we do have to keep an eye on it. We have to make sure that this isn't destroying the third-party market and destroying that competition that you get with that. Um, Because when, you know, for example, with the weather app, Apple now has the best weather app and it comes installed on your phone, well, that hurts third-party weather app sales now.
1: Yeah. I don't know, it's kind of weird to think about cuz like if there already is the like a best weather app, how are you really improving on what they're doing? Or I guess you're you can offer something new and I guess niche.
2: Well, yeah, that's the thing with especially with Apple when you control that whole stack, you know, you can integrate better features with widgets or have better features with Siri or something. Have it fully integrated into the ecosystem. And that's just an example I'm familiar with.
1: I was saying it's weird to think about because like what what can you propose as like a competition to to someone that's monopolizing other companies or buying them up my first thought is like if there's another company that's also monopolizing its own ecosystem <laughs> um and then that's it's like rivalry competition and then i start thinking about um console rival- rivalries and if that was like a bigger ordeal than it was say that was like two separate conglomerates that are competing to like, you know, buy up, you know, all the best companies for really any industry and to have like that sort of their own separate ecosystems that compete with each other. But even that's still like a lesser of two evils type of situation.
2: Yeah. And um, I guess Microsoft's not the best example. Let's say Sony bought up AMD or NVIDIA or something like that. Um, <laughs> I know it's a bit of a stretch, but let's say for context here, Knowing Sony, I wouldn't be shocked if they halted production of gaming-type graphics cards or something so that they could focus on having more PS5 sales and engineering towards PS5 graphics or whatever. That's said, we don't know, but that is the likelihood of there is some way that it will hinder the market for other people, the competition, essentially. Sony loses sales when someone buys a PC instead of a PS5. So they'd rather direct that R&D money that way. So that's where it can hurt the market in other ways, too.
1: So, yeah, I think that just makes sense as to why companies shouldn't be able to monopolize this hard. That way you can just keep it as diverse as possible and free in another way as possible.
2: Like open source. Yeah. I'm not saying mergers (laughs) are necessarily bad. Just when you have too many of them in too many big companies ruling out over everything it gets yeah. messy.
1: And speaking of Apple monopolizing on other <laughs> industries.
2: <laughs> hold up, hold up. Are we tra- are we trashing on Apple again here? I trashed them a lot already today.
1: I'm not trashing on them, but I am pointing and laughing just like at a f- funny ironic situation. <laughs> I still can't tell from this article if this is something that actually went through on this gadget article, they're saying, so, do you know about Cydia? Have you ever jailbroken your iPhone?
2: Yes, it is the jailbreak tool. I have not ever jailbroken an iPhone, actually. I've used jailbroken iPhones, um, and I know it's not that hard to do. I just don't want to break my phone.
1: Yeah, I used to do it in like middle slash high school. No, it was just high school.
0: Crispy, like, I wait for the walk
2: sign <laughs> before crossing the road. <laughs> I'm a good citizen, guys. I don't do anything illegal
1: yeah. ever. Jailbreaking went back in after that was really <laughs> fun because like you just got so many convenient features, but nowadays the actual iOS just ripped off of, or actually paid some of those developers to put those features into the actual iOS, so there's not as much of a need.
2: Which gets back into our last topic. <laughs>
1: Funny. So yeah, there's not as much of a need to jailbreak anymore unless you need something specific, but apparently Cydia, which is the apps, it was the app store for jailbroken iPhones. They have joined in on the like wave of companies that are targeting Apple for antitrust concerns. And they filed a lawsuit on Thursday, apparently, um, accusing them of anti-competitive acquisition and maintenance of illegal monopoly over iOS app distribution. And <laughs> that's like calling the kettle pot red. But it's funny because um, apparently Cydia's app store um, predates Apple's app store, which launched in 2008. So Cydia's, uh, something about Cydia being around, being an app store before Apple's own app store (laughs) gives them some leverage in in the case of saying that, oh, Apple just came in and then bought everything else up or made it so that. It limit. It basically took away um, revenue from Cydia because of their app store practices, and I just find that pretty funny.
2: I mean, I I won't say Cydia is the best company in the world, or I don't even know if they are a company technically. Um, but I, I won't say they're perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But they do have you know a good point here um, that has been brought up several times with. You know, Apple doesn't have any real good way for you to install an app that's not on the App Store. But that said, you can still do it through developer tools. So the theory is, is, you know, people can't install any app on their phone and harm themselves or harm their iPhone. But I think, you know, um, Tim, you're an Android person. You could probably explain their methodology here a bit better. I, I think uh, there is there's a better way they could go about it with having some type of way for saying, hey, you're stupid if you do this, you're reckless, you're at fault if you break your iPhone, uh, but you can install third-party apps without cr- compromising that walled garden at the same time. Basically, putting your iPhone in that uh, developer state or something that would allow third-party oh, apps gotcha. to be installed, if that makes sense. Kind of like a different state that's giving up that walled garden for more access to different apps. I mean, that's what Android does, right? So yeah, exactly.
0: Android, when you want to add data, or well, add programs or you know something else, um, usually you go into your settings, you turn on DevTools, it gives you that prompt, right? And then all you need to do is maybe email yourself the APK file, right? And then that would contain the entire installer for the program. Or maybe you go to a website called third-party Apple apps, <laughs> for example, and you get it from there. Like, it, I, I like what, what Cydia is doing because they provide that secondary app store. Hell, Amazon does it on uh, a lot of Amazon Android devices too, right? You can either go from Google Play or whatever Amazon's app store is called. <laughs> Um, they still have an app store. I mean, point being, like I don't I don't think Apple really stands to lose much aside from money. And uh boo hoo, did somebody get addicted to taking money from third-party developers? Like <laughs> I don't really see where you know, I'm expected to feel bad for Apple for making slightly less on apps that they didn't develop,
2: you know? Yeah, trust me, I agree with you here. Um And I will admit they did the one thing right in that they lowered their app store fees from 30% to 15%.
0: That's atrocious.
2: Like, can we just talk about that for a second? You're, a, you're some, like,
0: third-party dev sitting in their mom's basement coding up your first app, and you're super excited about it, and then... You know, Apple sent you a statement or whatever. Hey, you made a hundred bucks off this one, but we're taking 30
2: of that. Kind of sucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And to be clear, this is also a thing on the Google play store too. That's fine. 30%.
1: The, um, cut for the store fees was for small developers, um, which is I think better over, like better than the alternative if it was like 15% for big developers, but yeah I think it's it's nice it's a nice gesture <laughs> I guess it's up to you to each person to determine if they think it's for like covering up their guilt for something else or or whatever but yeah, I think it's just, just fine to have
2: yeah honestly, I don't care about the big app developers you know Apple and Amazon and uh, every Google can play their damn chess of corporate monopoly, whatever play their fucking game whatever they want to do. As long as smaller developers aren't getting too screwed.
1: Yeah, that's what I would support.
2: I do have
0: a another world news story. This one's a little bit of a follow-up from last week. Uh, stimulus negotiations have been torpedoed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> They're still trying to make it happen, but... I remember last week saying, like, oh, there should be an answer. You know, we should know at least this week. Uh, well, that was a lie. We know nothing. Well, we kind of do. Like... Well, I guess it's it's
0: that kind of thing where you got to put on your politics hat for a bit. Like nobody wants to be that guy that says, "Yeah, we failed to get stimulus for the American people and then lose their election." So I think everybody's just going to kind of keep saying to our faces, "Yeah, we're going to have stimulus. Don't worry, everybody." while kind of in the background not doing shit, which is I hear a signature move <laughs> Of the government. It's their brand. Yeah. Though I I will say like a little bit more specifically, um, the deal that everybody thought would pass that had quote unquote bipartisan support really wasn't that good. There there, There were no stimulus checks in that deal. It had like a corporate liability shield, which basically means if your employer slash company gave you COVID through extreme neglect, right, you couldn't sue them anymore. Like, what oh. kind of shit is that? Like, that's that's unconscionably horrible. Yeah. Uh, so naturally, the Republicans were pushing for that. Um.
2: <laughs> I like how you've gone from um, not wanting to rag on them to being like, you know what, fuck them. Yeah, I thought, you know, maybe we should be
0: nice and bipartisan. And then I thought, wait a minute, they wouldn't do that for us. So <laughs> exactly. I'm just going to go the other way around. <laughs> um... I mean, I agree, yeah.
1: to be fair. One thing, at least, that they do say is to call it like it is, um, you know, just like when calling things up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, th- there's still nothing happening on that. Um, there's still, it, it, it just seems like at this point that it's just kind of uh, like, like watching the election results during election week, but longer. Uh, you just feel like you should have an answer by the end of the week or by the end of the day or something. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, okay, wait, nope, tomorrow, or no, next week, or the week after that, or you know, why not next year? At this point, um, right, which is currently <laughs> which feel is really, only only eighteen days away. Yeah, <laughs> um, which you know, I I can't imagine being someone who was living paycheck to paycheck is currently on um, unemployment and is at risk of losing those benefits right now at the end of the year. I mean. Especially when you consider a lot of the eviction moratoriums and stuff end at the end of this year. Um, I, I can't imagine being in that position, especially if you're, you know, parents children and oh, stuff. Damn. High risk of becoming homeless at this point. Which, do we really want to throw a family with children out on the streets right now?
1: Hell no, not in the middle of the cold, the winter.
0: You know, Chris, I mean, usually we don't. But what if they have a house that Blackstone wants to buy? I'm just saying, there might be a reason—not a good reason, but a reason. Yeah, actually, that's um, that's another kind of concern I've been hearing about with regard to you know not getting stimulus. That well, okay, so this kind of happened in the 2008 housing crisis as well, right? When a lot of people got foreclosed on, you know, got kicked out of their houses. What private hedge funds would do would be to swing back in. With all their, you know, amassed money that they didn't have to spend on rent or anything, buy up houses, like foreclosed houses, and then proceed to rent them out to people that had just been foreclosed on. So they ended up taking ownership of, you know, other people's homes, profited massively off of it, and, well, profited massively off a of crisis, you know, that's, that's kind of horrible, But also definitely a concern now again where people have lost their jobs, right? People are having trouble paying their mortgage. They're in forbearance, and when forbearance runs out, you know, they get evicted. And then some big hedge fund like Blackstone or somebody. Sorry to rag on Blackstone. There's plenty of other horrible hedge funds, too. (laughs) Um, Yeah. They'll come back in. They'll buy up those properties and... You know, there'll be more places to rent and less places to buy. So it's kind of yeah. shitty if you think about it. Like, the the concept of of real estate investing generally, you know? Like, that's... It's it's a difference between being homeless and having a place to stay. I see. Just, yeah, I don't know. Kind of hippie politicizing there, but...
1: I never even thought about, like the, like, a possibility of a future where, like, so much of the things and so much of the real estate within a city would be bought up already and then so it would only be available for rent Mm -hmm. instead of like being able to purchase a house or something so like i think obviously it would be hard to buy up all the land in a certain radius around the city but like i'm I'm thinking of like worst case scenario here but um say like like the certain radius kept expanding to which what properties were bought up and owned by things that would only make it available for rent and then is so if you wanted to actually own a home or like own any land or property you'd have to go out further like further rural or suburbs right or even out in the middle of nowhere and then build your own thing
0: <laughs> or spend an absurd yeah. amount of money to buy it up from them and then they definitely yeah. turn a profit and oh, yeah. you drive up the prices of
2: the homes and the entire neighborhood so they get even richer. This is partially why we need safeties in place to prevent that kind of thing right now.
1: Yeah, the affordable housing stuff. Um, a lot of, I know that there are still some lotteries in place for, I think that's required in where I live for a lot of the complexes that are built. And yeah, my sister actually got into one, um, which was like really good for her. <laughs> because it's yeah
2: the problem with a lot of those lotteries is there's just not enough yeah yeah it's the main one
1: it's like far and few between what i'm trying to say is it's a lottery (laughs) obviously so it's like only a few people get it
2: and it's just it's it's sucks because there's people who need it that just they don't qualify or they weren't fast enough to apply or whatever
1: yeah but i don't mean to make it like grim (laughs) because like there's like okay i don't have that much knowledge in in the realm of real estate but usually if you're bold enough you can you can and you're willing to endeavor into like owning like ownership or owning something and then actually improving it that's usually a way to go in terms of having a stake in where you live and then being able to like ride mm-hmm. that increase in value of the area like throughout the future pretty much and yeah, that's, I think, what some people think about for when when trying to combat like things like gentrification and whatnot.
2: And this gets into a whole other topic that I adore and could talk about forever of the ups and downs of gentrification and why there are some good things well, yeah. about it, you know, better public transit and better, you know, infrastructure in general, but it's expensive as yeah. shit to live I think there. We
1: can... But yeah. that's a
2: topic yeah. for a whole nother subject that I could rant about for hours. Yeah. So I won't get into that. <laughs>
1: yeah, we can leave it at the summary. We could
2: shelve that for a future yeah. episode. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to do some research on and then rant about it. Okay.
1: We can put it on our task list. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Are you guys good to start stock of the week? Yeah, I'm good on that. Absolutely. Cool. I had the idea of doing the best stock that is for a tech company that is not a tech monopoly of some sort. So no Amazon, no Facebook, no Apple, no Google. Not a
0: fang stock.
2: Yeah, exactly. Got it. Um, I can uh, start off here with uh, my pick, because I researched it, because I was thinking about this 10 minutes ago. Wait, wait, wait. before we start, no Tesla either. Yes, I wasn't going to do Tesla. Uh, This is one that came as a recommendation from Tamora, so hopefully I'm not stealing one from him.
1: So you're saying... Hold on. Before you start, uh, give us a chance to think a little bit. (laughs) Um, You said best. That's why I was
2: going first.
1: Yeah, I got that. Um, Just to clarify, it's any tech company, or it's supposed to be the best tech company? That's not a monopoly?
2: Not necessarily the best, but uh, a recommended tech company um, that isn't massive. Gotcha. You know, a monopoly or anything. Facebook, Amazon, Google, Tesla. I'm
1: probably not going to say Corsair, then. Just... (laughs) Just <laughs>
2: Corsair not a bad one. Corsair yeah, is a good, good. one. Um, I was gonna go
1: with uh, Unity. God damn it. Oh
2: man, <laughs> oh, I'm looking at the ticker. Hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought about this a few hours ago, a few minutes ago. Yeah, I've held it for about a month now and I've made 50% profit on it already so I bought in when it was about $100 and now it's listed at about $150 per share so that's a pretty good gain on that already that is from buying it when it first launched now but I mean Unity is a great company if you don't know what they do basically it's VR and 3D developer tools yeah I actually used it for a school project I worked on, it, not for a video game, but for a traffic simulation because it was the easiest tool. So it has a lot of use cases for niche things as well as um, it's a phenomenal tool for game development that a lot of people use. So I think it's it's not going anywhere, negatively at least, and it's... Yeah, a good investment, I think. I think it's going to keep growing as we go more into VR and 3D games more and more with increasing hardware power. So that's my pick. Um, I know you guys might need a little bit of time since apparently I stole the one you two were thinking of. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, do you have one more?
2: Yeah, I have one.
0: Well, I suppose it's, it is kind of a large one. I was going to go with NVIDIA. Well, I think that's fine. Purely because, okay. yeah. Um, my thought was that yeah, they make really good graphics cards, so they're large in that respect. But at the same time, there's a whole lot more they, you know, still can do, right? AMD still holds a lot of market share in terms of the GPU space. And if they succeed in buying up ARM, then they'll effectively be putting the uh, the nails in Intel's <laughs> coffin, right? So, Um. Not to rag on Intel for absolutely no reason other than... It's just fun at this point. Glory days are clearly behind them, yeah. Um, yeah, I think NVIDIA is a, a, a pretty good stock in the space. Not only that, but it's also very stable. You know, like, it really doesn't fluctuate as much as Tesla does, but when it does fluctuate, like, it, it, it jumps up hard, so at the current moment we're just waiting for the arm deal to get approved in various places like uh, I believe China and the UK are the main two. Um but once that happens, you know, we're we're looking at a pretty good shot straight up to I'd say six fifty, maybe seven fifty. Yeah. I don't really and know. But okay.
2: And even yeah. beyond that, their current market of their graphics cards is Booming. I mean, people can't get their hands on the three thousand series fast enough. Yeah. Every time somebody builds
0: a Nintendo Switch or buys one, for that matter, the Switch runs on a Tegra processor.
2: That's also Nvidia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I didn't think about that.
1: And they they have their own um, they have their own sort of like streaming console, the Nvidia Shield, where you can stream games from your computer. Yes. Or even like other computers over the internet. Um, I think if you have the bigger one. But yeah, that's like a it's like having your own like stadia, essentially.
2: And with uh, this acquisition it makes me wonder if they're gonna get into making desktops or something in the future.
0: I mean they're already in the embedded and robotic space with their jets and, you know, nanos and, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean they've got their hands in everything, and <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, there's much more for them to take on and and You know, capture more market share in many different industries. Really, be the Intel of the future, I guess.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just gotta nail this. Get those nails in the coffin there, Tim. (laughs) Yep. Single handedly
1: there. So this stock is one that came came to be known to me via Timur through one of his recommendations uh, in a previous episode. (laughs)
2: <laughs> hey, two for two. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, this talk is Fastly um, because, well, one, because it's a more, the way he explained it is that they were um, pretty much a hosting company or a server hosting company for a lot of larger um, platforms. Um, they were the host for TikTok, which was like one of the hugest and still remains to be one of the largest um social media platforms. But apparently actually there's one missing piece of information. Do you know if they're still on Fastly, if they're not banned or I think they might have just still switched to another um service. Do you know tomorrow
0: Yeah, I'm not super sure off the top of okay. my head to be but honest. But regardless it. Uh it looks like it looks like uh as of October twentieth. Yeah. Um. It looks yeah like they, pulled, they pulled the tiktok yeah,
1: yeah. okay because there was like they were going to get banned and then they jumped to a different company or a different owner really so they would have different server hosts but regardless of them losing tiktok um your recommendation was saying that they would eventually find another you know um service to host for that would help them uh gain more revenue and be more uh Prominent in the in the tech industry. So the reason I'm choosing them now is that not because they have already found another <laughs> service to uh, or platform to serve. It's because um, so even though their their stock went down after they lost TikTok, it has been on a steady increase um, in recent weeks, um, going back up to even above the my basis point of where I bought in, and. Some of that is attributed to or potentially attributed to these rumors that um, Fastly is looking to acquire um, Cisco Systems, which is in itself another like huge networking company um, that's of the tech industry. And so,
0: oh, uh, it's other way around. Cisco might be
1: acquiring Fastly. Yeah, I read that backwards. But still,
0: that's good for Fastly that's that's so good for fastly though the other way around like usually in acquisitions the acquiring com- the company that is acquiring the other one usually goes down a little bit in terms of price while the company that is getting acquired usually goes up and then once they get merged i don't know depends <laughs> on what they do together I yeah
1: suppose. <laughs> i guess it would depend on like how they share their resources and what they build out of it so yeah i think that would yeah. be a decent um tech stock of the week to look at and to keep an eye on because you know downward trend of pretty much all or a lot of these tech stocks aside it seems like they were they've been on a pretty good trend going upwards so they might have something up their sleeve um for the near future but even in the if you're thinking long-term future that that's more higher chance i would have I would say there's more confidence of them being really good in the long-term future. So, yeah, there's my stock of the week.
2: Cool. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, please remember to check us out on our slash Magnitude podcast, as well as our Discord server, which will be linked in the description.
1: Thank you for watching the Magnitude podcast. I hope you've enjoyed a good run of banter about you know stock, tech, and anything politics-related, and really anything we want to talk about. Um, leave us a comment down below. Tell us what you think. And also let us know any other topics you'd like us to discuss. Uh, Just keep in mind we're not stock or financial professionals, but um, we'll give it a go. And yeah, have a great one.